0: All right, guys, welcome to today's episode of Lockdown SEC Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, and on today's episode of the podcast, the SEC tournament preview and predictions uh, for each game in the bracket. But first, uh, some noteworthy news items uh, to discuss heading into the SEC tournament. And uh, as we mentioned on Monday's episode of the podcast, um, we looked ahead to the potential outcomes of the regular season awards, and those were released on Tuesday, uh, with differences in both of them, especially when it came to the top two uh, awards that we discussed on Monday's episode of the podcast, uh, and the coaches' picks, uh, it was Emmanuel Quickly winning SEC Player of the Year and John Calipari winning SEC Coach of the Year. It was different for the Associated Press Awards, uh, as Reggie Perry and Mason Jones shared the SEC Player of the Year, and Buzz Williams, Texas A&M, won Coach of the Year. And I think that's about what we expected because, as we said, um, these awards were were very, you know, you could make arguments for lots of different guys, and I think we saw that between the coaches' picks and the media picks, And, and you get that a lot sometimes when you have a season like this where well, there is, you know, not a whole lot that separates some of these candidates, and as I said, you know, I ultimately picked Mason Jones and Buzz Williams uh, when we talked about it on the podcast earlier in the week, but you can make the argument for all the other guys that that were mentioned in this category. And someone like Nick Richards, you know, who, who wasn't named SEC Player of the Year by either or wasn't co-SEC Player of the Year, uh, th- there were just several guys you could make the case for, both for the, the best player and for the best coach. And uh, it goes back to uh, what is your criteria for that. So everyone, I think, happy in, in terms of Mason Jones and Emmanuel Quickly, Reggie Perry, uh, being part of that mix, uh, all three of those guys recognized in one way or the other as SEC Player of the Year, and then uh, for the coaches award, uh, as we said, John Calipari and Buzz Williams uh, picking up the award uh, in in each. So, uh, and then would you just look at the rest of them? Um, you know that there were differences. I know the one thing that that people uh, continue to wonder about, and myself included is why the SEC coaches award in terms of the first team uh, includes nine players and I think that was the thing that that stood out to a lot of people is why there are so many players on the first team when uh, the the standard for most I think is just to have five players uh, because that's what basketball is played with is five at one time Um, and so I think that that's something that that probably continues to to confuse people and wonder why that's the case but I, I don't know either I don't have the answer for you as to why that is the case and why there are that many on there but uh, all of these players recognized and then for the all freshman team as well um, I think you had eight on the coaches uh, all Freshman. the all defensive team you only had five so there you go uh, that was uh, that was it for that and then just running through some of the other awards uh, from the coaches uh, you had the the scholar athlete of the year was scholar Mays from LSU the freshman of the year Anthony Edwards uh, of Georgia uh, the sixth man was Tyson Carter Mississippi State and the defensive player of the year was Eve Ponds uh, from Tennessee. But uh, aside from the awards, which uh, many of you guys have discussed on Twitter, um, there is also uh, the update regarding the coronavirus and how it affects the SEC tournament. And the SEC uh, has made a couple statements uh, over the past several days in terms of uh, what their mindset is heading into the SEC tournament here in Nashville, which we'll, we'll get started on Wednesday night. Um, their next move was after, after initially announcing that they were going to, um, you know, add health measures, which they mentioned they had already done at the SEC women's tournament, um, which included a variety of different things, uh, talking about disinfectant for locker rooms, uh, sanitizing the game balls, sanitizing team benches, uh, and so forth. Uh, then they sort of followed suit with, with some of the other uh, sports leagues that we've seen, throughout the United States and that uh, the SEC will uh, limit uh, locker room access for the media at this week's tournament, meaning that uh, the media will, will be able to to interview you know, coaches and athletes uh, via the traditional route of just having a normal press conference in a press conference room uh, rather than going into the locker room speaking with players. And I think everyone understands that this is a unique situation uh, we have right now in terms of the overall uh, coverage, the overall response to it. Um, and I think the reason why, and for maybe people who, who don't, are not exactly sure why certain media members may not be happy about not being able to have locker room access. And you, you've, you've seen this all over, uh, whether it's the NBA, NHL, uh, other places as well, because they've taken the same measures uh, is that, you know, sometimes you get uh, that extra personal touch on, on the stories that you write by getting able to do it in a locker room setting rather than just a traditional press conference. Um, and I think that's why, you know, if you see some of the reactions Obviously, everyone wants what's best for, for everyone else when it comes to, to health and everything. Uh, but uh, if you wonder why, you know, you see some of the reactions to that, I think it's just having locker room access, being able to talk with players, uh, you know, one-on-one settings uh, or in a smaller group, that, that just helps you as a media member be able to, to entertain, you know, different story ideas and be able to to add, you know, detail to your stories rather than than just having maybe just the the traditional quotes that you get, um, you know, from a press conference. And so I think that's why, uh, you know, you see the reaction to it. I think it's just, you know, the best stories don't always come from traditional press conferences. Um, They often come from from having, uh, you know, that more uh, personal interaction uh, with players, you know, in the locker room, uh, you know, add more detail, as I said, to, to these stories and individual players and and storylines and all that. So I think uh, that's why this is such a big deal in terms of uh, maybe media members, uh, you know, being able to cover a tournament like this, um, especially, you know, ahead of the, the biggest tournament of the season in the NCAA tournament. And speaking of that, um, the NCAA panel, uh, they had, you know, created their own panel for the coronavirus and have offered various updates. Uh, their most recent update uh, is one, as I mentioned on Twitter, stronger wording in this one in that uh, their, their newest statement which included uh, the fact that they are are acknowledging that they will make decisions in the coming days uh, based on uh, the information they've received uh, from, uh, you know, public health officials and all that, which is, uh, you know, more of a suggestion, I think, that there are going to be changes to the NCAA tournament in some form or fashion, uh, which to add to that, you know, as we know, lots of sort of, uh, you know, reactions to it now. The Ivy League has canceled their conference tournament, the Big West and the MAC. As I'm recording this, these two conference tournaments are the only ones that have decided to play it uh, without fans in attendance. And, you know, it's just – there's going to be probably, you know, more steps taken. We just – we don't know what it is. And as I've told other people, this this is changing on an hourly basis. So by the time you listen to this podcast – There may be other things. There may be other announcements from the NCAA, the SEC, further steps, uh, you know, prevention steps when it comes to uh, this whole scenario. And and another thing I would bring up is that, you know, we look on social media, we see lots of reactions to this and people continue to ask, you know, what's the SEC tournament? Do we know that this is going to be this case throughout the entire week? Is anything going to change in terms of maybe one day, you know, you have a certain setup and the next day it's completely different? The answer is that I don't think any of us know. And I think that's why the reaction to this is everyone's situation is different. Um, You know, someone mentioned, I know, talking about the extremes that we go to uh, on social media, especially, um, you know, it is like probably the best approach lies somewhere in the middle in terms of how you react to things. But, everyone's situation is different and you don't always know the circumstances and so everyone's going to have to make their own decision when it comes to you know how they proceed when it comes to you know whether it's it's these individual tournaments whether it's the NCAA tournament, that um, there are lots of layers to this entire uh, story right now, and I don't think it's easy as just uh, having a strong reaction one way or the other, uh, because you know every situation is different, everyone has different circumstances, and uh, it's going to be obviously interesting to see uh, how things continue to unfold here and uh, what is the biggest month of the season uh, for college basketball but uh, coming up uh, we will dive into the SEC tournament bracket and uh, look at uh, some of the matchups we already know uh, before we make some predictions on uh, what we may see we'll look at the bracket uh, coming up here on the Locked On SEC podcast part of Locked On Podcast Network and we dive into the SEC tournament bracket uh, as uh, the two games that will take place on Wednesday night as number 12 Ole Miss will take on number 13 Georgia to start things off. They've only played uh, once this season. They played all the way back on January 25th. Uh, Ole Miss won that game at Georgia 70-60. to um, So not much you, you can probably gather based on the, you know, the two teams are in different spots now. Uh, and for me, you know, it's just about you've got a tournament setting here, and you've got two star players going up against each other uh, with uh, Brian Tyree and Anthony Edwards, and and this is going to be something I think we're probably talking about throughout the week. In that, you know, when you have these these players that can just completely take over a game, especially in a tournament setting, I mean that's that's a nice thing to have because you get one of these hot. Uh, you know you have matchups against teams you've seen before uh, games you would expect to be a little bit more close in terms of the scoring uh, because you you know each other so well and when you have a a player like you know this on both sides uh, it certainly you know makes things a lot more uh, intriguing in terms of having someone that can just completely take over a game and uh, I think that's what you get with both of these teams and it is it's essentially a toss-up as we know uh, not just because you know these two teams are close to each other seed wise but but uh, it is; it's a tournament, and this is where you start to see some of these games where uh, you know, good luck trying to predict it because you're on a neutral court, and uh, for both of these teams, you know, it's just that they've had their ups and downs this season. Um, Georgia, as we we've talked about, still dealing with some of the same issues. That they had last season in terms of uh, three-point shooting and just not being able to make shots consistently from outside, as well as the turnovers. Um, you know, Ole Miss, one of the better three-point defensive teams in the country, probably not going to matter in a game like this because Georgia just doesn't get a ton of their points from the three-point line. Uh, but uh, you know, how how Ole Miss defends Anthony Edwards, how you know Georgia defends Bree and Tyree, um, that's what's going to make this game. Uh, Fascinating, But I do think it's going to be a fun one just based on the fact that you've got those two guys uh, both with the potential to put up 40 points in a game. uh, It opens up a lot of possibilities uh, for a matchup like this one. Uh, And then you've got number 11, Arkansas, against number 14, Vanderbilt. Uh, This one also very intriguing because we know what's at stake for Arkansas. We talked about that with Rocco Miller on Tuesday's episode of the podcast. Um, The Hogs are going to have to win games to have a chance to earn an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament, and they're playing a team that is one of only two teams uh, entering the SEC tournament with a winning streak with Vanderbilt and Texas A&M, the only two doing that. And so uh, for Arkansas, you know, this is one, too, where they played a while back. Uh, It was mid-January. This was before we started to see Vanderbilt turn a corner, so I think you just have to throw out that result, which Arkansas won by 20, in that game uh but uh you know it is it's the aspect too i mean look at look at it on both sides you've got mason jones for arkansas you've got saban lee for vanderbilt two other players like we just talked about the previous two that can completely take over a game and guys that have scored you know 35 plus points in a game this season in sec play and so that just adds another element to it um when you have these guys you know it's it's going to be fun because you there are so many guys in the sec we've seen scoring wise that can just put up points in a hurry and you've got that in this game Uh, but for Arkansas knowing what they have on the line um, you know they do defend the three very well and Vanderbilt's a team that that does rely on the three-pointer in terms of uh, the percentage of points that they get from the three-point line Um, so it's going to be very important I think for for Arkansas to continue to do what they've done all season long and that's still be the the best team in the country in terms of three-point field goal defense only allowing teams to shoot 27.3 percent from beyond the arcs this season that's going to be something that could play a huge role in this game um, because you know that's that's what they're going to have to do, I think, to stop Vanderbilt. Uh, just based on on how we've seen the Commodores play, and uh, I think it was pretty awesome to, to see Saban Lee recognized, you know, as to earn all SEC honors, and for Scotty Pippen Jr. as well uh, to earn all freshman honors. Those two guys deserve it. And as we've said many times, this Vanderbilt team, you know, right now at least playing as well as anyone, and I think it's it's something that that adds, you know, just just that extra sort of punch to this game because I don't think it is as easy as saying, well, Arkansas should win this game by double digits it's not going to be an easy one for 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 this team at all because I I really do think this is going to be a much better game uh, maybe than some people want to expect it to be Uh, but uh, you know with with the Hogs knowing what they have on the line a huge game uh, for them but uh, not going to be easy against uh, Jerry Stackhouse's group based on how they've been playing um and then looking ahead you know to the other matchups that we already know um and we'll get into the full full bracket predictions and and where i expect you know maybe what we're going to see specifically in some of the other matchups on thursday but um you know the two other matchups that we know uh one is going to be uh number eight tennessee taking on number nine alabama uh, which will be you know the first game on thursday and When we've seen both these teams at their best, uh, we know what they're capable of. And that's why I think it makes whoever wins this game, uh, it makes them, you know, it puts them in an interesting spot heading into that game on Friday against Kentucky because momentum is everything. As we, we always say with these tournaments is you get a team that gets hot. You have another team that's has a double bye that's been off for a w- almost a week. Um, you know, that that matters in a tournament setting. And so uh, I think if, if Tennessee and Alabama both play to their potential, this should be another really good game. Uh, for Tennessee, we've already seen the balls, you know, beat Kentucky. We've seen them beat Florida in recent, you know, over the past week and a half or so. And despite the way they lost that game to Auburn, um, still a very good defensive team. And I think it's just, is the offense going to be able to catch up? to where Tennessee could have a chance to to maybe make a run and win this tournament and get into the NCAA tournament. And I think for Alabama, it's how does does Alabama respond to that game against Missouri? Because Alabama played terrible in that game. um, And, you know, how do they respond? I think that's something, too, knowing that they are – They are off the bubble now. Like, they are not a team that's, I don't think, going to get into the NCAA tournament unless they win this whole thing, as Rocco mentioned as well um, in the bracketology episode. Um, It's just, it's going to take a lot of work for Alabama to get in. But, you know, we mentioned that the struggles of scoring-wise for Tennessee, can Alabama take advantage of that and be able to use, you you know, their offense to where we, if Alabama gets going, and I've said this throughout the season, they're good enough to be anybody on offense, but it's just, is their defense going to be there? um and Nate Oates the whole theme has been effort you know is this team going to to sort of understand the buy-in that's needed in the SEC tournament specifically Uh, because it's not going to be something where Alabama is going to come in and not be able to play defense you know against a Tennessee team that has struggled on offense but uh, the Vols are so good on defense that, that it is it's sort of a clash here in terms of the strength of both of these teams I'm very curious about this one because um I could legitimately see either one of these teams at their best having a chance to knock off Kentucky on Friday. But, uh, you know, how this one plays out, we don't really know because we've seen the ups and downs uh, for both of these teams, and that's something we've seen with so many teams around the SEC, which makes this tournament very hard to predict. Uh, the other matchup we know is number 7, Texas A&M, against number 10, Missouri. And I think for this one, um, you know, most people are probably going to expect this to be, uh, you know, your your rock fight type of game, uh, probably more of a defensive minded matchup uh, between these two if you go back to the game that they they played two games um you know both both of them were pretty you know moderate scoring type of games Uh, i think the first matchup uh, you had uh, texas a&m win that one 66 to 64 Then the second matchup a&m won 68 to 51 so you know it's probably going to knowing that these two teams do not play at a very fast tempo, Um, it's going to be a defensive grind. You would expect that, Uh, you know, both teams that that are better on defense than they are on offense, but we've seen Texas A&M's offense start to come along here. And, uh, you know, just just going back to to what we talked about with Buzz Williams and his ability, you know, to have this team playing so well defensively, despite some of their offensive struggles, um, it's just that they're not an easy team to play against. And I think for Missouri – you know, how can they capitalize on that momentum from that Alabama game? Because they, they did. I mean, they looked really good in the second half of that game. And, yes, you can factor in Missouri played well, Alabama didn't play well. Uh, but any way you slice it, it was a, a big momentum booster, I think, for Missouri uh, because this is another team that's really struggling on offense. I mean, these two teams are very similar when you think about it. Um, you know, you look at their, their shooting percentages and all that. that They're not very good, but they they have been good enough on defense to be able to you know, to, to overcome some of those problems on offense. And and so, you know, sort of a, a mirror image here, I think, uh, in, in a certain sense. Not the exact same teams, but, you know, when you look at where they get their points, uh, which this was uh, something we talked about during the regular season, a lot of teams were in this case, but uh, both, you know, I think both of them around that 23% mark in terms of the percentage of getting their points from the free throw line but so that's in the top I you know the top 20 nationally um, so both these teams want to get to the free throw line um, you know they don't want to take a lot of shots from outside uh, so that probably does open up a lot more opportunities to for this one to be sort of a a free throw shooting contest potentially we've had a lot of those in the sec this season uh, but uh, i don't know and, and i think this is another one where look both of these teams have recently beaten auburn and they're going to play auburn in the next round and both of them are going to get them you know whip Isaac Okoro on the floor and that makes it a little bit different but uh can't count out either one of these uh, to have a chance uh, to maybe win multiple games in this tournament but um those are the matchups we know and just uh, you know some quick thoughts on those but we're actually going to get into the fun part you know you guys always enjoy and that is uh, the actual prediction from the play-in games on Wednesday to the championship on Sunday Uh, who is going to win the SEC tournament, and uh, who could be the team that that winds up being uh, one that that could uh, maybe be the spoiler in terms of having a chance to to make a much uh, deeper run than some people think. Uh, We'll get into that coming up here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. And for the SEC tournament predictions, uh, let's run through the bracket. As we've said, Uh, This is a season where you probably should just expect complete chaos from this year's SEC tournament because everyone has been up and down. Um, There's been so much inconsistency across the league. Uh, It makes it very tough to predict, and it was the same way with regular season games. It's going to be no different. When it comes to the tournament, but uh, let's give it a shot. Uh, Ole Miss and Georgia, as I said, I think it's it's a game between two star players, uh, but two teams that that you know we, we've seen them play some of their better basketball here towards the end of the season. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna pick Ole Miss in this one. I'll, I'll take the Rebels uh, to advance on uh, to the next round uh, in what should uh, you know be a, a fun game. I think based on uh, knowing what we could get from from those two players, <laughs> you know, scoring outbursts. Uh, that's what you want to see. I will pick Ole Miss uh, to advance and then. For Arkansas and Vanderbilt, I can equally see Vanderbilt winning this game and Vanderbilt potentially winning multiple games if we look ahead to the next matchup, which we'll get to in a second, Um, just because I think they're playing with a a confidence right now that – Arkansas, a lot on the line here, and and I don't know if Arkansas comes out, you know, feeling the pressure. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I know there's also some people that, that mentioned it on Twitter uh, that Mason Jones may come out with a chip on his shoulder for not getting SEC Player of the Year by the coaches, and so you could see him come out with a dominant effort. Uh, but but I think this is going to be a good game. But uh, I will pick Arkansas uh, just because I think the Hogs, you know, Eric Musselman, I mentioned the last time. Uh, he, he had his team in this building, uh, one of the biggest comebacks in NCAA tournament history uh, with Nevada, and uh, he wound up on our media table right beside me, uh, jumping up and down, and then ultimately uh, celebrated uh, shirtless in the locker room. So uh, that was uh, quite a scene when Nevada uh, played in Nashville a couple seasons ago and made it uh, to the Sweet 16. But uh, I'll pick Arkansas on this one to advance. on right, Thursday's games: Tennessee and Alabama. As I said, I think it's just which team shows up for both. Like I don't, you know, this is this is your toss up. Just because I don't know who shows up. I don't know if Alabama shows up and plays its best. I don't know if Tennessee shows up and plays its best. Um, but uh, I'm going to pick Tennessee here just because I think the Vols defensively, um, th- they may be able to do some things that, that are going to make it tough for Alabama. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, but but if Alabama gets hot, makes a lot of three-pointers, just could equally see the tide advancing to play Kentucky. But I'll pick Tennessee here uh, in this matchup. Moving on down the bracket to Florida and Ole Miss would be the one uh, in the second game on Thursday. You know, the Gators, carry Blackshear Jr., as of this recording, uh, is questionable to play. Uh, if he doesn't play, I think that makes it, you know, more interesting in terms of what the possibilities are for the Gators. Uh, are they going to be able to put it all together uh, to make a run here? Either way, I think it's it's one where they should at least be able to rebound for from their previous loss to Ole Miss. We remember this was sort of when we were really starting to worry about Florida. They lost that game by seventeen to Ole Miss, uh, the first of February, and you know are they able to rebound from that? And this is where Kermit Davis' ability, I think, to defend teams just just such does such a good job on defense and being able to switch the different defenses that he plays florida has struggled this season you know in terms of consistency when it comes to to shooting the ball um and that may be something that 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 old miss is able to take advantage of but either way i think you probably still have to lean towards the gators here uh so i'll pick florida uh, to advance to the quarterfinals Moving on down, A&M and Missouri, we mentioned that game. Um, I think this is another one where, you know, who knows? It's it's just a toss-up between two teams that are very similar. I really like what Texas A&M has done. I think this is a team that, you know, is dangerous at this point, And knowing um, that, you know, they have a lot of momentum here, and they've beaten some really good teams down the stretch, uh, coming off back-to-back wins, you know, at Auburn and home against Arkansas, I think the Aggies are a team that are playing with a lot of confidence. So I'm going to pick them. I know it's hard to beat a team three times in a season, uh, but I'm going to pick the Aggies to advance to the quarterfinals. Uh, And then for the the, the bottom part, uh, the main event on Thursday night, South Carolina against Arkansas. Um, You know, like we said, I think it's with South Carolina – you know we've seen from them, and what does that loss to Vanderbilt do to South Carolina? Knowing that their bubble situation, uh, probably not so great right now, and they're going to need to to likely make it to the championship or win the whole thing uh, to get into the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, knowing that, that South Carolina just hasn't necessarily played well on defense here recently, and. I think that's something, you know, that that's maybe a little bit unusual with Frank Martin's teams and because of their tendency to foul a lot. Uh, they're going to have a big size advantage in this one. And that's why I think you look at the Gamecocks and you can make it the case for them to that size advantage could be the difference here and uh when you look at you know these two teams playing south carolina won that game at arkansas at the end of january a uh, very good matchup uh but i'm actually going to pick arkansas here this is you know you've got to pick one somewhere you've got to pick an upset uh you've got to pick a spoiler uh, it's it's the sec this season and we have to have one somewhere uh, if i don't pick one i think it's just gonna you guys are gonna be bored with with me just picking the the higher season all these games so i'm gonna pick arkansas here uh, in the upset and advance the quarterfinals. Uh, but just. Because because I think the Hogs, you know, maybe a team, and maybe it's just me wanting to see a 15 get in, to get into the NCAA tournament. Uh, but uh, I'll take a chance here and pick uh, the Razorbacks to advance back to the top of the bracket. Kentucky against Tennessee, uh, the Wildcats and the Vols. You know, this is a game where Tennessee beat this team not too long ago. Uh, we saw, you know, what they were capable of in that matchup. But I am going to pick Kentucky to advance. It's, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a game where you know we say it's it's always a home game for Kentucky in these SEC tournaments. But uh, you know, I still you know there's gonna be a lot of Tennessee fans in attendance too if this is the matchup. Uh, but this is it's a very it's a very intriguing matchup, and I just think that Kentucky is a team. Not knowing Ashton Hagen's status too, that makes it hard to predict. But uh, I'll pick the Wildcats uh, to advance to the semifinals. The four-five matchup, Mississippi State and Florida. Um, not knowing Kerry Blackshear's status, and you know, people have talked about was he is he going to miss the game against Ole Miss? Could he miss the entire tournament? Uh, we don't really know. I think at this point, but I, I still, either way, I think Mississippi State needing to win here and again Rocco just kind of sort of talked about what Mississippi State has to do to make it into the NCAA tournament as a potential at large I think that there's a lot at stake here for the Bulldogs and just Florida's inconsistency they're just a really hard team to trust so I'm actually going to pick Mississippi State in this one to advance to take on Kentucky in the semifinals. Uh, I just I like the Bulldogs with Reggie Perry. We we saw Mississippi State win at Florida uh, during the regular season, and while that doesn't mean a whole lot here in this tournament game, um, I just I think there's something about this Mississippi State team where they match up well with Florida and may be able to to exploit some of the weaknesses that the Gators have. So I'll pick Mississippi State uh, to advance on to the semifinals. Auburn and Texas A&M, uh, as we said, the Aggies uh, not too long ago beat Auburn at Auburn Arena, the only team to do that this season. Uh, and so that is something that will probably be in the back of the minds of the Aggies when it comes to having confidence, but it will also be in the back of the mind of the Auburn Tigers based on uh, trying to get revenge and and maybe playing you know, with a much different mindset in this game. Uh, still not going to be easy. I think Buzz Williams, their defense... Probably going to give Auburn fits, not knowing if the Tigers, you know, how well are they going to shoot the ball from outside? Uh, and, again, knowing that they haven't played that well away from home this season. Uh, I'll pick Auburn to advance here. I think it'd probably be hard for the Aggies to, to win another game here, you know, over, I guess, what would it be, a week and a half, two weeks, uh, beating Auburn twice. I just, I don't know. Maybe it is one of those that would be a really tough matchup uh, in terms of, of maybe the Aggies are just a team that matches up well against Auburn. But uh, I think you have to pick Auburn in this scenario, uh, to advance to the semifinals. And then LSU against Arkansas. Yes, we've got the double-digit seed here all the way uh, there in terms of making it to the quarterfinals. But, uh, you know, we've seen these two teams play uh, two really good games this season. And uh, you look at it, you know, LSU's defense, they gave up 99 points to Arkansas uh, here not too long ago, um, less than a week ago. And it's just, I mean – You know, are they going to do the same thing here? And LSU's defense is going to define how far they're able to go in this tournament. Um, But uh, I I think for Arkansas, and this is the point where we start to bring it up. uh, You know, at what point does this team that doesn't have a lot of depth, doesn't have a lot of size, um, do they have enough to make a run into the semifinals? I actually think that they have a chance to do that, but. I'm going to be boring. I'm going to pick LSU because I think the Tigers uh, are a team that's really, really talented. It's just their defense. And, uh, you know, I I think this would be fun because uh, Arkansas, I don't think it's a bad matchup for Arkansas at all. And I think there is a potential chance. And I teased it, you know, we mentioned the tournament bracket a couple days ago. I think Arkansas is the double-digit seed that can make it to the semifinals. I I think their path in terms of the matchups are there for them. Uh, to do that but uh, again I'll be boring I'll pick LSU uh, to advance to the semis and then you have yes the, the the pure one through four semifinals here for me not going too far off just because you know we, we don't know what we're going to get from these teams uh, Kentucky Mississippi State in the top part of the bracket uh, you know this is one two where I think Mississippi State has the size to match up with Kentucky um, and that makes it you know a lot more of a better game maybe than some people think it would be uh, but uh, you know it is it, it's it's going to be there's going to be a lot of, of big blue nation uh, in Nashville this week, and you just—it's so hard to pick against Kentucky in the SEC tournament, uh, no matter who they're playing. And I know what happened last season uh, with Tennessee, but uh, I just think Kentucky is a team that getting that comeback against Florida in the regular season finale. I don't think we can talk enough about that because that's one where if they would have lost that game, we're coming into this tournament having a completely different discussion with Kentucky coming off back-to-back losses. But instead, to rally the way they did, now you come in feeling a little bit better, and uh, I'm going to pick Kentucky to advance the championship game on Sunday. And then uh, the potential SEC game of the year, I think when you just look back at, at all the ones we had throughout the season, and there were some crazy ones, but I don't think there was one as wild as Auburn and LSU, which uh, I have meeting in the semifinals. Uh, just what, what a wild game. And it's one that LSU, I know, feels like it should have won, but Auburn able to rally get that win um you know will that be the same here and I think we're in for another uh, great game if this is the matchup that we get between these two because it was such a such an exciting game and uh, I think it's one where you know you look at it here and it is it's all about LSU's defense um you know is LSU that i mean cuz i think LSU legitimately is a team that can get to the championship and, and you know have a chance to to play for the the conference tournament title because they are that good they're that talented um it's just their defense and that's the one thing we keep going back to with LSU, and they've had a couple performances here down the stretch that, that have made you feel a little bit better about where they're at on defense, but but can you still completely trust them? That's what we don't know. Um, so, so how do they step up on that side of the court? Uh, either way, I'm going to pick Auburn. Uh, I think that the Tigers, uh, as I said, if you just look at it, uh, in terms of what they're capable of uh, if this hot shooting continues um, it's, it's going to be really hard to guard them and, and Rick Barnes said that on the SEC coaches teleconference in that when Auburn's shooting the way that they did against against Tennessee which has been more of an outlier than than the norm this season um, you know it's just how do you guard them and I don't necessarily think they're going to come out and make you know 14 15 threes like they were doing last year at many times uh, but I do still think if they're able to make some shots uh, from outside it's going to open up a lot more Possibilities, and so I'm going to pick Auburn to advance to the championship game on Sunday against Kentucky. The biggest takeaway uh, for these two teams when they met twice throughout the regular season uh, was the, the free throws and the amount of fouls in those games, and uh, maybe we won't get the same here if they were to meet for the conference title. Uh, but uh, you know, you, you know the way these two teams play; they're two attacking teams. Um, you know, that they have some of the best talent in the country, uh, some of the best young talent in the country. Also, uh, this was, this is the game, I think, that if you're looking for the best possible matchup, I just feel like it would be, you know, Kentucky and Auburn. I know they're the top two seeds, but just based on how these two teams play and matching them up against each other, uh, this would be a fun one for the championship. And, uh, you know, if they split the regular season meetings, um, you know, what, what could happen in a tournament setting, who knows. But uh, I'm going to go back to, to what I said earlier. It's just it's so hard to pick against Kentucky in the SEC tournament based on how they play. So I'm going to pick Kentucky to win the SEC tournament. And uh, as I said, I know that's uh, sort of the the easy pick uh, for a lot of people. But, uh, you know, just in a year like this in the SEC, I could pick Kentucky to win the SEC tournament title. I could just as easily see Kentucky losing uh, in the quarterfinals to either Tennessee or Alabama. It's just been that kind of season, and uh, that should make for a really fun uh, conference tournament. That'll wrap up uh, this episode of the Locked on SEC podcast. As always, be sure to subscribe. And our any podcast app you use, just search for Lockdown SEC. And if you enjoy the show, uh, again, take a few seconds, leave a nice five-star rating or review. That just helps the show reach more people and for everything else you can follow me on twitter at the blake level and if you're looking for more listening material here on the locked on podcast network and you're excited for the upcoming nfl draft uh, just tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on nfl draft for lots of great coverage on the nfl draft but uh, thanks as always for listening and i'll talk to you guys next time here on the locked on sec podcast part of locked on podcast network